Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Nick's Mail.Bag, presented by the Stricklands, and by all of you on Patreon, and by DraftKings, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. I am Alex Wolf. You might know me as the editor and chief and or dictator and chief of the Strickland, as I am so uh, uh, affectionately called, I guess. Uh, I, I, I never quite know what to make out of that, but... I am your host, along with my two co-hosts. Ooh, who to introduce first today? It's always a, I always have to pick who's going to be my favorite for the day. Um, I made I made an off-color joke at Zach earlier. So coming up next, we have Zach Delisio. Oh, you you, oh, oh, you're talking about in uh, in Slack? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you felt so fucking guilty. I knew I, it. I can't even repeat it. It is so filthy. Um, no, it wasn't actually that. <laughs> anyway, Zach hates me now. Uh, what's up, Zach? How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. I am good. I'm glad to be back. I feel like it's been a while. Yeah, I think we're actually on only like one week off of our normal shift. We've gone longer before. Wow. So not too bad. We held off for a week because... We figured all the questions last week would have been pretty much exactly the same as the questions this week. So there's re- no real point of doing it twice. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the second co-host yet. We're almost two minutes in. Uh, we also have Matt Weiss, who you might know as Matt Weiss or Wampirm on Twitter. Matt, how are you? Alex, I'm doing great. It's a beautiful Monday evening. Seriously, it actually is a beautiful Monday evening. It is. I went out and hooped for a little bit. It was very nice. Ooh. Great, glad to hear it. I went for a run. Zach, Ooh. what did you do? Uh, what did I do? Oh, I got uh, too much food and <laughs> eat I guess uh, the era of thin Zach is uh, it's coming to an abrupt end here. Oh, no, see, but here's the whole thing. I'll, I'll keep this quick, but the whole point of working out is that I can eat anything I want and I don't get fat because no, I don't get fat. Yeah, everything's fine. Did, did you guys know? Here, this is my Zach impression. Did you guys know you could go to Chipotle and you can order a burrito and then have them put it in a burrito bowl with a whole burrito on top of the burrito? What are you talking? They have a burrito bowl. Hey, Alex, can you can you tell the world about uh, 
Zach's, and by Zach, I mean your your Zach impressions idea for what he does with Chipotle when he takes it home. <laughs> Wait, what? The uh, you know he makes his his special Chipotle aioli and, and puts oh the, it Chipotle, the Chipotle leftover surprise. Yeah, when Zach has his leftover Chipotle and then makes uh, a Chipotle aioli at home and then has Chipotle Chipotle. Uh huh. Yeah. It was a lot funnier in text form. Yeah, this didn't work. Really hit that well. But yeah, and then and then Zach tried to explain the complexities of what an aioli is to me. He's like, yeah, it's like oh, basically it a mayo. I said aioli is like anything. People use aioli to mean fucking anything. It doesn't matter. It's basically just a mayo with stuff in it. And then I was like, Zach, actually, yeah. that's just like what the poor home person version is. Like an actual aioli is slightly. I want different. you to Google this when we're done here because I promise you, it is more than that. I did Google it. I know. What? I know what's no, in I aioli. Told you, you were wrong. Who me? Yeah, you're the one who oh. said it's just mayonnaise plus stuff. Yeah, it is colloquially. Words mean what people think it means, not what it actually means. Okay. okay so yeah, you can make like a bootleg aioli at home if you just throw oh, like boy. some roasted garlic and some mayonnaise. Like I definitely do that some if I want something like on a burger. Juice. Mm. Yeah. But, like, if you go to a restaurant, it's not just – they're not, like, opening oh. up a thing of Hellman's oh, and putting on. fucking garlic the, in it. The actual definition of aioli is literally garlic and oil, and that's it. So, therefore, either everyone is wrong or it no longer means just that. It no, yes, obviously. This is a classic – this is a classic Infinity War all words are made up uh, situation <laughs> we have here. Like, yes, all words are made up. We get it. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> Matt's anyway, that's getting it. All right, let me let me give the Patreon pitch so we can get into this damn show. We have like a bunch of questions again. Uh, all right, so if you're not on it already, be sure to check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TheStrickland. There, you can find a bunch of different tiers. You could do the three dollars here, where you just tell us you love us with a couple dollars every month, less than a Dunkin' Ice coffee, for example, which I know because I get way too many Dunkin' Ice coffees. Uh, you could also move up to the six dollars tier, in which you start getting stuff, which is the Friday edition of Pod Strickland in full, as well as the other edition of Nick's Mailed Out Bag in full, which is now hosted by Drew Steele and a rotating cast of co-hosts because Schwinn is now focusing a little more on his $9 tier podcast, Strick and Roll, which is a solo podcast, as well as if you join the $9 tier, you get access to some cool written articles from Jack Huntley, Matthew Miranda, just had one from Jeff Rasmussen. You might know as Frank Barrett on Twitter. The other day, uh, I have another piece that's draft-related that's going to be dropping in the next couple of days that is not written by any of those people that's going to go up on the Patreon as well. Uh, so you get all kinds of great longer-form pieces that are really, really good from our best writers. Uh, also, both those tiers get you access to the Strickland Discord, which is housing some of the best uh, Nick's and otherwise discussions on the entire interwebs. We have honestly, objectively, a very fun and nice community in there who all lift each other up when needed and also tell funny jokes and have great basketball discourse. So it's a pretty fun time in the old Discord. And then uh, in addition to that, there are other tiers where you can get other rewards such as uh, uh, listening in on Pod Strickland recordings. Um, Getting a free T-shirt, which actually that's coming up pretty soon. We're going to do the yearly T-shirt that goes for the the upper level subscriptions, uh, and you can like host an episode of Pod Strickland. You can guest on an episode of Pod Strickland. 
in one of the tiers. We just had someone cash in on that. So all kinds of great stuff you can get in the upper tiers as well. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Strickland. Be sure to check that all out. And without further ado, I will now bring us into the mail dot bag for this week. And uh, as a reminder, you can, I, should I even give the email address anymore? When was the last time you looked at that email address? Man? Oh yeah, fuck. Let me look now. I really hope there's like 10 questions that I... I hope there's a question that's from like a year ago. If there is, we're answering it first. Yeah. Give me, uh, give you can always email strictmailbag at gmail.com if you have questions. Or if you're a patron, that we have a, a channel called Mailbag Questions. You can always post questions into. Uh, or if you just think of something on Twitter and you want to like DM us or whatever you can always go to strickland pods on twitter or something like that and, and i do i have one all right let's hear it from january 11th it's oh from, my uh, god this is amazing it's from google community team stand out and connect with customers on google <laughs> damn all right well what's their question um let's see <laughs> oh, well, okay here we go they want us to know that a free business profile helps you stand out on google maps and search there are lots of ways to connect with customers and keep them coming back like posting your special offers Hmm, Do we I need should... to clarify what a question is to you? That doesn't sound like a question, Matt. The good, the, it's really, it's really funny. It's really funny, Zach. I think I should put a. Uh, I think I should make a Strickland business listing. I'll put my home address so people can send their hate mail there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. You and know, then... it's funny that I. I mean, people actually obviously don't use the the email, which is fine. But it is funny that I've forgotten to check it for six months, considering redacted, redacted, redacted. What? <laughs> we can cut this if you guys want to me to tell you what I'm talking about. We cannot leave this in the pod. No, don't worry about it. I really don't yeah. care that much. Tell me later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to our first question. Uh, ZB Buffalo emoji, I think. Yeah, this looks like a buffalo. At a Kodak underscore Zach on Twitter. Wants to know what would be the max players and picks you give up for Kyrie, if anything. Fucking Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, like, no, just, max is zero. Just yeah, money, that. if anything, but preferably nothing at all, right? Can, can yeah. I? I'm gonna re. I'm gonna. I'm gonna reword this question. How much? What's the max amount of money that you would be? And I know this is stupid because like it's not our money. Let's say the Knicks have unlimited cap space. What's the max amount of money you would pay Kyrie Irving to come to the Knicks? Five hundred dollars. I'll give him a bag of shit and a middle finger and tell him to fuck off. Yeah, a ball boy. I, agree. I don't. I just don't want him. I just don't want him on the team at any at any cost. If he wanted to come here for the minimum, I'd be like, yeah, go somewhere else for the minimum, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of like, I, I, I look. I'm not going to diminish the player that he is because you know I, I said this I in the Discord earlier, like we were talking about, it, and someone was someone was saying essentially like he sucks, and I'm like. No, he doesn't actually suck. Like, he's actually quite good. You know what I mean? Like, he's one of the best pure scorers, like, in the NBA today. I mean, the guy came back from, like, missing by his own, you know, error, but missing, like, almost the first 40 games of the season. And then, like, 10 games into his his season had, like, 50 and 60 points in a three-game span. Like, the guy's really fucking talented. But he's also really fucking aggravating. And, like, I don't even know if he wants to play basketball anymore. And he's a head case. And he's a huge distraction. And, like, he even managed to get the media to turn on the Brooklyn Nets, which is saying something because literally the Nets could do, like, no wrong in the media's eyes for so long. 
and he got the media to turn on the Brooklyn Nets, if he came to the Knicks and he started doing that shit, like, forget about it. Our lives would be miserable. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anything to yeah. do with him. I don't, I, as someone who does has to talk about the fucking Knicks all the time, I don't want to have to talk about stupid-ass Kyrie Irving all the time. Like, that's my stance on it. So I agree. I don't care how talented he is. I don't want him on the team. I agree, but that will not stop me from rationalizing it if it does happen. I, I'm just going to get ahead of that right now. If it does happen, I'll just be saying he's one of the most talented scorers in the game. Hopefully, his head's screwed on right now. Yeah. He'll be fun to watch, won't he? Yeah, he'll at least be a fun storyline. We could while we're watching the world burn around us. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> See, now we're talking. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll Look, figure it I'm going to watch the World Cup in uh, November and December, which is being held, you know, in stadiums that were built with literal slave labor. So yeah, in literal hell. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not happy about it, but I also know that I'm not going to not watch World Cup. So, yes, I would very begrudgingly root for Kyrie Irving if, uh, yeah, if he were on the next. Unfortunately, let's just make sure that doesn't happen. James Dolan and James Marcita, whatever oh, I thought, James. I thought you were implying we have to like take out a hit on him or something. No, 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 no. just any any James, any James. Right. Like, make sure that doesn't happen. I want you to know my middle name is James. Well, I don't care. You're, you're not a James. If no, you're I James. That's the point. No, 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 no. No. Thank you for evoking my no. name. Any, any Leon, any James, even even any Scott. All right. Well, we're going to start calling Zach James now. Yeah, yeah that um, won't be confusing at all. You'll be a middle you'll be a middle name guy now. I know you've gone your whole life going by your first name, but you're getting I've called a middle last name, name guy, truthfully, but I think that'll really round it out. People call you Deluzio? Absolutely. My whole soccer team called Deluzio for a fucking decade. Are there just too many like, No, there was literally no other Zach. <laughs> they didn't even give you like a shorter version, like like D Lo or something? Like just something that's a little shorter than like four syllables. D Lo. That's terrible. D Lo. D Luzio. Absolutely not. They're I'm going to start calling you D-Lo now. <laughs> That's my new thing. D-Lo? All right. Let's move to the next question. Uh, from this, We're moving to some Discord questions. Uh, Fazzle from the Discord wants to know, uh, who will be this year's big surprise like Pat Will, Patrick Williams, or Josh Primo, and a which pick in the draft? So who's going to be a surprising player that goes way higher than people were thinking or has like a really uh, meteoric, meteoric rise. Uh, D'Lo, what do you think? Uh, I honestly thought he meant Andrea Bagnani with Primo, because uh, that's a throwback. What? <laughs> yeah, Primo Pasta, dude. You don't remember that? No, I do, but, like, what? You're, God, you are such a waste when it comes to draft. Wasn't he, like, a, wasn't he like, a number one or two pick? Bagnani? Yeah, yeah he was the he was the number one pick, but that has nothing yeah. to do with this question. What, what is happening here? What are you talking? <laughs> I don't know if that was a surprise. I was just saying, I don't know who the fuck Josh Primo is. Either way, I have no idea. Not, Josh Primo got taken about. by the Spurs last year, and he got taken at like pick twelve or thirteen or wherever they picked, and uh-huh. and he was projected like probably in like the twenties, but he was like the youngest uh-huh. player in the draft, and like uh-huh. apparently the Spurs really loved him. And they didn't have another pick at like pick twenty or whatever, so they just took him at thirty. Right. I mean, it doesn't seem like that much. Yeah. I mean, that's how. Okay. Sure. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> so. Oh fuck! What I I can't see the future. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have no okay. idea. I can't even. I can name like four people from this draft right now. So <laughs> name them. Name them. Uh, Chet. I don't know how to pronounce these other guys. Is it Paolo? Is that is that his Paolo? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, Ivy, who's the other, uh, who's the fucking, 
top pick. I don't remember. There's a Williams. Is there Jaden Williams? Is that one of them? Jalen. Jalen? Fuck. Uh, oh, and AJ Griffin, because I remember yeah. he's, he's weird. He has weird. Didn't, didn't pick the guy. Didn't name the guy who might be an number one pick, which is impressive. Uh, yeah. I mean, Holmgren might also be the number one pick, but uh, you missed you missed your boy Jabari Smith. Oh yeah, or yeah, I did. <laughs> That's your boy. That's your favorite player. I your can't believe you forgot his name, Jabari Smith. You know, yeah, I forgot who you went to Zach. You know that. Yeah. Right. So say it. Jabari Smith. Yeah. Is my favorite player. No, say what college you went to because you know it. In the draft? What college yeah. I went to? No, what college Jabari Smith went to? I have no idea. <laughs> All right. What are you leading me to? What is I just, this? This is fucking painful. This is... <laughs> I'm flailing in the dark here. I have no this idea what you're so doing. fun for me. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. Uh, Alex, what's going to be the big surprise, draft man? Um, I'm trying to think who would be like the big jump. I think, actually, I think right now, uh, based off some of the mocks that are starting to come out where he's really rapidly rising, I think it's going to be Uzmain Jang. Um, mm, interesting. Who's a, a small forward, like wing type guy, but he's like, he's really tall. He's like 6'9 or 6'10, has a good wingspan. He's got like, Prez wrote a great profile on him for us. Um, and he's got like a really pretty balanced offensive skill set. Like, he can run some pick and roll, he can score. And multiple levels and stuff like he's shown good defensive instincts and positioning and stuff but his main issue is just he's like mad skinny because he's like 18 years old um so he just kind of needs to fill out a little bit and as long as he could do that like most of the skills are there so you just got to kind of get him in the weight room and get him eating like 8,000 calories a day uh to bulk up a little bit and he in theory could be like one of the better upside swings in the draft so he's also coming from the nbl too which i feel like the last couple drafts, like their their standing is starting to go up some in, in like NBA circles, but I also feel like for whatever reason, that's like probably like the last tape that people get to. So like they'll do like the NCAA tape first, and then then get to like the G League Ignite tape or whatever, and then watch like the NBL or something. Uh, at least that's how it seems to go in like the draftosphere, like on Twitter and shit. Uh, so I, I feel like maybe Jang is going to be one of those sort of dudes that rises late because people just kind of get the idea. And then, of course, he probably got stateside, too. And these people that could only see him in NBL videos from Australia and New Zealand and whatever are now looking at him in person and being like, shit, like he's really tall and he can kind of function like a guard. So I, I think he's got a really good chance of moving up. Um, my runner up would be another another Aussie, my favorite player. In the draft, at least that's been in the Knicks range, was Dyson Daniels. Hey, yeah, just don't let me answer. You're just going to pick two and take mine. Oh, is that who you were going to say? Well, go yeah. ahead. Make your case. Make your case, smart man. Uh, I, I don't know as much about these guys as you, so you can make your case. But I was going to pick Dyson Daniels. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, he's been rumored to be roughly in the Knicks range for a while now. And I could very easily see him going, like, five, six, seven, something like that. Yeah, I don't think there's any way he'll be there for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of in that boat too at this point. So, um, I think I think he's going to be. I mean, he's a fucking six eight point guard, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. And he's you know he's kind of just like some ball handling and a like proven consistent jump shot away from being like potentially super elite because 
he clearly has the passing skills. He's not like LaMelo Ball or Josh Giddy, but like he could definitely pass the ball around. And on top of that, like he's like an A plus defender. So yeah, I, I don't see any way he makes it outside of the top 10 for the Knicks to pick. Yeah, I would almost, I mean, it's not going to happen. I, and because of that, I still want to trade up for Ivy. But if Dyson Daniels were going to be there, I would, I think it'd be a tough call. Oh, like if, like if you knew for sure. That was Ivy to take Daniels. Like I, I think I'd probably just take Daniels because you want to, then you save the assets. So you'd have to give up for Ivy. Yeah, I'm not quite there. And I mean, I love Daniels. Like, like he's definitely my favorite roughly Knicks range prospect. But I still think Ivy is significantly more. No, he's better. I, I'm just saying, like, if if it were one versus, like, if, if there were no other factors, obviously you'd take Ivy. But yeah. I think, like. Considering the asset cost, yeah, yeah, I can see what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. But, all right. Uh, D'Lo, you got any other last things to add to that before we move on? I hate this so much. <laughs> I'm going to keep this up maybe for the whole show. Yeah, well, I'm realizing now I also just never should have said anything, and then you would have stopped, but I brought this upon myself. Yep, pretty much. You showed you showed, a, you showed your belly a little bit. Now I got to yeah. go. The- <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, we got our next question. This is also a Discord question uh, from our buddy Jax365, who's got, who owned the After Dark segment for later in the show. Uh, the Lakers call you up and say Westbrook – Westbrook, the 2027 first and 2029 first top four protected for Randall and Rose. Would you do it? And would you use the picks to try and move up and go for Ivy? Uh, yes. And yes, Matt, what do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, yes and yes, but like, I don't think those firsts would really help that much in going for Ivy. Yeah. But I will say like, I think those firsts at least leave you less asset bear. You no, know, I agree. I, I would. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Those are nice picks, too. Yeah, because they're going to be good picks because the Lakers are going to suck in 2027, 2028. Yeah. Um, so you probably don't even want to trade them, honestly, even if you could. But, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, you, you trade, you know, this pick, the 2023 Dallas pick, and one more first-round pick, whatever, to just move up straight up with the, the Kings to get Ivy. And then, like, you can kind of, you know, sit back knowing that you have those extra – 27 29 picks so that's a good point yeah that's sort of my thought like that just basically it means that you can then have flexibility later on like if if ivy pops and you're like wow this is a justified investment you know and then you are not able to you know make some picks for a couple years or whatever but you want to like next summer like some star becomes available and you're like oh let's go get him and then like Ivy, RJ, and so and so will be like unstoppable. You're not then like totally screwed. We're like, sure. Well, we traded everything to get Ivy. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. Um, and you could just you know pay Russell Westbrook to stay home. Yeah, it, that would have to be a that would have yeah. to be a strict condition for me to say yes. That's what I was going to say. You have to. Westbrook cannot play. I mean, you you just they can cut. Like I really don't care if they pay, they can waive him, and I don't care if they pay that forty million bucks. You know, like as long as he's not on the team. Yeah, but you could probably find some stupid ass team to still be convinced that he has a little bit of basketball left in him. Like maybe. Yeah. It's happened every year for like the last four the thing years. Is, like if that was the case, why wouldn't the Lakers just trade him to that team? I guess that's, I guess that's true. I mean, if the, if the Knicks though, turn around, like the Knicks also are in a position where they can give, I mean, Randall, like, it's not like they're just essentially trading Westbrook. Well, Randall's probably the best thing they would get back for Westbrook. But 
Um, and they Rose. Might- I mean, let's Rose not forget, like, Rose is good. Rose is good. Yeah. They just might they might prefer getting nothing to having those two contracts on the books. It's possible. If they can Zach, dump what, Zach, what do you think? Do you have any extra thoughts? Well, I think that'd be a good deal for the Lakers. I feel like that it's such a weird one because then you're really going really young. Um, you're really committing to that, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just not something they've really done. Uh, and for the Lakers to get, to get Randall and Rose, is pretty fucking good. In my, I mean, is it perfect? No, obviously, because they are not in a situation to do something that's like really good. But as for them to come out of that with with Randall and Rose instead of Westbrook, and I mean, you're giving up picks five and seven years down the line. That would be fantastic for them. I think if you're really committing to LeBron, that's how you have to do it. Yeah, I. I mean, I think I think this would be about as good of a return. I I gotta ask too. Have you guys seen? Did you guys see that picture of like Derrick Rose fishing where he looks a little pudgy no. lately? No, no, now that you saw that, no, nope. He put up some picture on like Instagram or something, or like on a story, and it was like him shirtless, like fishing, like on vacation, and he's got like he's got like a little gut going on. I'm like, you know what? Maybe while the goodwill's still running high. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and people, he'll get, he'll get back in shape. I'm sure he will, but also I'm just like I don't know. Maybe his body is finally failing him. Like that ankle thing just came out of nowhere this year, and then he had to get two surgeries on it. Like I don't know, I don't know. I might just try to get rid of him while I can. I I appreciate everything he did for the Knicks on the basketball court. Like in 2021, he was like legitimately their second best player behind Julius Randle, and at times their best player, but. I think I'm okay with. No, I mean, I I would make this trade. I just don't. And I do think asset wise, if you take their contracts out of the equation, that's obviously the best the Lakers could do. Um, But I could see them saying, let's just find a team. We'll take on Westbrook's contract without giving us a ton of money back or like firings back, whatever. But the the thing is with that is that that's not going to like put them under the cap or something where they would have like meaningful room to spend on somebody. No, it's not about, but like, who, I mean, who the fuck knows how much, like maybe they just want to save. This isn't good, but like maybe they just want to save 40 million bucks, you know? I guarantee that wouldn't like, as of right now, as long as they have LeBron, they know that they can't, look at luxury tax bills or anything like they literally just have to try to win now. Like they basically handed LeBron the keys and said, like, I I think, I mean, I'm just saying like, I, this is all about your point of like the Knicks could find some other team to take Westbrook. Like, I just don't know if that's true. I think the Lakers would at least consider that it's possible, but then it's like, okay, but then how do you, how do you find anything anywhere that could be as good as Randall and Rose coming back? And I just don't think they they would find that for pretty much any other team. No, probably not. I don't know. know. Anyway, maybe like Jeremy Grant from Detroit, maybe they would be willing to do that for two first round picks in Westbrook. But, and they also have the cap space where they could just eat the extra money on Westbrook. Right. So I don't know, but I I feel like they would probably they would probably still prefer the Knicks deal because then that gives them more depth and like the Lakers just have this weird obsession with adding like every guy that was on an all-star team in like 2010 and 2011 um, to their team at some point or another. So the thing is, I, I would imagine if the Knicks wanted to do this, it would probably happen. Yeah. Just, it, it just yeah. might not happen like before the draft no, or something. No, no, no. I, I think it would happen in like August, but I, I just, 
I just don't know if the Knicks actually want to do it. Yeah, it depends on where they're at with Randall. Honestly, yeah. I think that's the main thing. But I guess that kind of goes into like, would you use this to go towards Ivy? I don't know that this would happen until the new league. No, I don't think it's happening. In, I don't think it's happening in the next. I mean, when when you guys listen to this, probably on Wednesday. I don't think this is happening in the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but anyway, the the long and the short of it, the answer to both questions: Would I do it? Yes. Would I use those picks to try to get Ivy in an indirect way? Yes, because it would make me more comfortable spending near term picks. Um, and having some more stuff kind of in the chamber for later on to, to pedal off for a different like star trade. So, all right. We have another question from Jax365 out of the Discord. How corny is John ja Morant? Zach, to you. Like a scale of one to 10, probably like an eight. Uh, He's pretty fucking corny. That's generous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think generous? It is. yeah. Wow. A 10. I give him like a, a 12. No, Are you kidding come on. me? He's, He's is terrible. A 10. LeBron is a 10. Who? LeBron. Oh, LeBron. Um, yes. So LeBron's like a 15. <laughs> no, this is – stop it. No, no, no. <laughs> LeBron is a 10. Therefore, John Morant is an 8. I stand by it. Okay, how many times has LeBron gone on Twitter and threatened to shoot somebody like John Morant did? <laughs> None. <laughs> like that's the courteous thing to be because John Moran's definitely not doing that. And yet he's sending people messages on Twitter, pretending like he's going to shoot them and all this other shit, which is just <laughs> fucking stupid. I actually did not see that. So, okay. There was like some interaction he was having with someone. I think it was during the playoffs too, or like very close to the end of the regular season, which makes you also be like, why the fuck are you beefing with random people on Twitter when you're about to be playing the most important games of your life? But uh, he, he got in some interaction and, they were going back and forth or something. And then he like, he said like, uh, do you want to see how hollows feel or something? Which of course, like hollow tip bullets. Uh, and oh my you know, God. was like threatening the guy on Twitter. Like oh some random. You know what my yeah. mind went to, Alex? When mm-hmm. he said that? Um, did you watch Bleach? No. Oh. Well. <laughs> did I just ruin this for you? Yeah, it's fine. It's an anime. And yeah, I know uh, what it is. I just haven't watched it. Okay, so in, in well, I'm telling this for the audience. I know that you know Bleach is an anime. Um, so in Bleach, there are these things called hollows, which are like souls that you know are in hell essentially, and they always have holes in their body somewhere. So I know he didn't mean that, but it just made me think of it. God, you're such a nerd. Okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually I have wanted to watch that show at some point because I heard it's awesome, but I also heard it's- there's like. They're they're animating the final arc of the manga and starting in October. So you might, this is the time. Wow. All right. So if I start now, I might be done by October if I watch like 10 episodes a day, right? I mean, you just skip all the fucking dumb filler shit and it's actually not that long. Is there a, is there like a Dragon Ball Z Kai of Bleach? No, there isn't. But you could just, there are websites that tell you what episodes are flowing. You just skip those. All right. Fine. Bleach does it all in arcs. Not like, like Dragon Ball Z didn't really do filler arcs for the most part. Bleach does it all in arcs, so like you could literally just skip like twenty episodes. It seems like a lot of homework to do to watch a TV show. All right, so I'm fucking. I don't don't watch. I don't care. <laughs> Clearly, you care a lot, and this is bothering you. So I'm going to switch the topic yeah. and go to the next question, so you can stop being so mad. I'm yeah, very right? mad. Yep. Yeah, right now you're the meme of the kid with the giant vein coming out of his head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're doing this again. Yes. Yeah. 
you're you're very you're not mad matt right now uh all right moving to our next question this comes from our very own i told him i would reward him for good questions and so i'm rewarding him from our very own stingy would you trade rj for ivy uh zach would you trade no. rj for ivy was that no yeah oh yeah that was a very clear no okay matt what do you think no yeah i'm also team no i think established production established 20 point per game score in the nba who's still just turned 22 years old i mean yeah. why yeah and like ivy is great but he he's not like he's not the number one pick for the reason for a reason not that rj was either but like rj's already realized a lot of his potential right. no nobody's guaranteed yeah yeah also like dallas made a really good point about this in the discord the other day uh, like which I I find these these opinions to be pretty valuable because you get in your own your own world with all this draft shit. Like once you start getting into it around draft season, like at least I do, like with having to cover it for Locked On Knicks or whatever, where you start looking at all these guys, you start having all these like delusions of grandeur about like how amazing they are and shit. And then you sit back and you really take like a sober assessment of. And like Dallas said this in the Discord the other day, like wh- why is Ivy this surefire? go get him thing if he's like the consensus number four pick in a draft that everybody keeps saying doesn't have a lot of star potential at the top. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a good point. You know, like I would definitely try to go up and get him, especially if Walt Perrin says like, no, this guy is a stud and he's, he's going to be a star in my eyes. I'd be like, sure, let's take that bet. But RJ Barrett already is like yeah. inching his way towards being an all-star. And, you yeah. know, so I, I wouldn't trade the, the you know it's it's like trading the uh what the bird in the hand for two in the bush or whatever um you know i, I don't know that the ones in the bush are going to come out or not so i would keep i do think i do think part of the reason just to push back against alice's point a little bit part of the reason that ivy's the four is i mean there's a real like clear top four tier it's i think it's just like that the other three guys are all like solid forwards and bigs that are good fits for those teams. I don't like if the Kings were number one, they might still, they probably wouldn't be mocked to have Ivy, but like, I think it'd be more in the conversation. I actually think the Kings are the team least likely to want Ivy because they have Fox already who plays just like Ivy does on offense. Yeah, but like they, you're right. (laughs) I don't have an argument against that. Boom. You're done. All right. Well, that was anticlimactic. Uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, so I think we're all in agreement. No, no trading RJ for Ivy. Although I see your point, Matt. I, I think, I think though the difference is is that the top three were the consensus top three for a reason for most of the season, and then Ivy just sort of like inserted himself in that conversation by being really good, right? Um, which happens sometimes, and sometimes those players work out really good. Like for as much as we just bagged on John Morant for being corny on Twitter, like he had a whatever rookie or, you know, a, a freshman season at um, Murray state and then came on real strong in his sophomore season, just like Jaden Ivy did. And then came out for the draft, worked his way all the way up to the number two pick and what was viewed as a very strong draft. And it's paid off big time for Memphis. So, you know, maybe Ivy's one of those where it's just kind of like he's fighting against consensus, but has at least put himself in that conversation. And ultimately he'll end up looking like, you know, the guy that should have been the no-brainer just because of how good he was in college. But we'll see how that all goes. Uh, all right, we'll move to our next question, though. 
This comes from Jake Andrews out of the Discord as well. And uh, I like this one. This is a fun question. Although, Zach, I don't I don't know how much use you're going to be here. Uh, since you've been watching the draft, which pick were you most happy with on draft night? Which were you least happy with? And were you right, ultimately? So, Zach, I'll, I'll throw this to you first for your vast draft expertise. Yeah. Well, so I'm... I could duck this question, but I'm not going to. I'm going to own up to this. And the answer is Kevin Knox. <laughs> that you were most so happy. I'll, I'll be real. Oh. What? That's a wild choice that you were yeah, most happy with. I, I remember watching that. I barely watched the draft also. So it's really one of the only ones I even remember. I remember being confused by Porzingis. I remember being happy with Knox. And I don't really. Oh, Nilkina, I felt good about too. But I, I, Nilkina felt safer. I felt like Knox was a home run pick, and I was excited about it. Which clearly it was a um, pop up fly ball pick, or just a strikeout. Really, it didn't even draw contacts. But <laughs> I kind of liked the idea, so it was uh, that was it. Okay, that's clearly not right to the, for the second part of that question. Yeah, I mean that that is a wild pick, though. How did you feel about RJ on draft night? Oh, honestly, it was not a. I did not like him as much in college. I didn't really scout him. I had just watched Duke a couple times, and it was the usual stuff. Like I thought he shot the ball too much, and that that there wasn't enough uh, like two man between him and Zion. Zion was clearly the better player, and it felt like it was a little too much RJ, which I still think was kind of true. It's just that maybe that was the circumstance of the team, or maybe he was being asked to play that way, or something like that. Because uh, clearly, he, I mean, he has a little bit of that still, but it's it's been very different on the aggregate in the NBA. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that was a Coach K situation because that's right. how he's coached for the last, like, 10 years. Right. It's right. just like, I don't care if I have five five-star recruits on this team. I'm just going to play through one guy and one guy only, even if there's someone more talented on the roster. Um. All right, Matt, what's what's your picks? Um, I mean, I think the, the answer for me for most excited is Chris Stapps, unfortunately. Really? So you weren't yeah. like perplexed at all by that pick? No, I remember. I mean, I wasn't following the draft as closely back then, like to know who the guys were in advance as much. So like, it's just like everyone was freaking out about like this very tall man from uh, from Europe, and I was like, oh, that he seems like what a cool name. What a, like he's he's definitely not a Nazi. And whoops, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, Really. Yeah, I remember being really excited for Chris Stapps because, like, then I read a bunch of shit about him and like watched some videos, and it, like, it was like, oh, this guy's gonna be really good. And then he was until you know a year later. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think who I who's I most. Oh, well, who were you? Who were you least happy with? Oh, so I mean, this isn't least happy, but like, I I didn't want RJ at all. Huh. Um, I wanted them straight down out of the uh, the third pick that year, and. I'm really glad that they didn't. I'm, this is why I'm not in charge. So I was, let's see, uh, most happy with, I'm trying to think. Uh, it it might have been RJ. I will say the most, the most um, vocal I've been on draft night was the Knox draft, but it wasn't because the Knicks took Knox. It was because the Cavs took Colin Sexton one pick before the Knicks. And I did not like Colin Sexton and I did not want him on the Knicks. And so I literally like, there were all these reports being like, well, the Knicks are leaning towards like, you know, one of Knox or one of the bridges, but it probably Knox. But if Colin Sexton makes it to them, he might be the pick. 
And so the second the Cavs took him, I, I was like really sweating. I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And I was like, so like, I was just like on pins and needles. And when the Cavs took Sexton, I just like, I actually like, like clapped and cheered a little bit, just like in my living room by myself. <laughs> Cause I was like, yes, thank God someone saved the Knicks from themselves. Cause I don't want this clown. Did you, um, sorry, do your least happy. Then I'll ask this question. Oh, well, I was actually, yeah, so I still haven't even gotten to like my most happy one for the Knicks. I guess, I think it was probably RJ. I had fully sold myself on RJ by the time the draft came around. I thought he was going to be honestly like terrible in the NBA. No, I, I looked it over with him over and over. And like, I was just kind of like, I feel like the skills were all there. And I was just like, I, I started thinking about Duke, you know, like exactly what I just said, like that they just, Coach K had really lost it for the last like, X number of years as coach there, I thought. Mm. And I started thinking, like, you know what? I think RJ just has so much talent. Like, I think he's the clear-cut number three guy in this class. And I feel at least somewhat vindicated by that. I mean, Garland has worked out pretty good, too. But I think taking RJ there was a really good move. So, uh, anyway, what were you going to say before I get to my least favorite? I was going to ask you guys who, if you remember, did you – because I feel like the when the, the Nilo Kina year, the choices were him – uh, Dennis Smith and <laughs> what? Sorry, I'm just laughing at Dennis Smith. Oh, and and Mitchell were the guys that like the Knicks were looking at. No, so, Monk. it was it. Oh, Monk, you're right. It wasn't Mitchell. It was Monk. Mitchell is the guy that everybody loves to say like the Knicks missed on it. They no. were no, no. They were looking. I mean, they were like Mitchell was definitely on the radar of like they, guys. They right. worked him out, but he was never like in serious contention for that pick. No, you're right. I screwed up. I screwed. I'm like not. I, I don't know. I'm not really. I'm making a lot of dumb mistakes today. I'm not, I'm not really there, apparently. Um, yes, yeah, sorry. Monk, Frank, and uh, Dennis Smith. Which one did you guys want? I wanted DSJ. I was all team DSJ. I wanted. I wanted Malik Monk, honestly. Yeah. Zach. Zach. What's my least favorite? No. no. What? <laughs> sorry, I was totally distracted. I we go to Zach. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Malik Monk. No, I asked. I asked who that year that they picked Frank. The options yeah. were Frank, Dennis Smith, and Malik Monk. Who did you want? Oh, I wanted Frank. Well, look at you. Yeah, I I found myself. I really wanted DSJ that year because I have myself pretty well convinced. And like honestly, I still believe this. If his head was screwed on straight, he could have been better. But yeah, but that's like saying you know if your aunt had a dick, he'd be your uncle. You know what I mean? It's one of yeah. those. Yeah. Really? So I mean, I looked at him and I saw the stats. Very aggressive of you, Zach. What? Very aggressive of you, Zach. You're. you're yeah, I know. I also that phrase right, might yeah. not be like outdated and kind of fucked up, so I apologize for that. But like, it's, it's just like a saying. You know what I mean, right? Like, yeah. No, I get it. I, I mean, I just thought. I remember thinking DSJ. I would look at the stats and I was just like, statistically, he was so similar to like Markel Fultz, and I was just like, <laughs> that worked out. But but like. <laughs> Game wise, too, I was just like, you know, he he was generating a lot of steals. He was, you know, he had the ability to get inside and and get to the rim. And like his shot wasn't the fucking horror show that it became eventually um, in college. Like he weirdly, like completely destroyed his jumper once he got to the pros instead of vice versa. And it was Um, only after he came to the Knicks, wasn't it? Like his jumper was never good. It was was starting to deteriorate already on the, the Mavs, but like. He came out with a hitch, though. Like, that yeah. That was like Fultz, like you said. It, it actually yeah. was a lot like Fultz. The, the tipping point was that 
that game against, I think it was Detroit, after he got traded in the Chris Stapps trade, where he got to the line like 17 or 18 times. Is that when he had a triple-double too? Mm, he might have got close, but I just remember he got to the line like for 18 free throw attempts and only made like nine of them or like seven or something. Oh, wow. Like, it was disgusting. And then the Knicks lost by like four points or something like that. And I felt like that literally just like broke him. <laughs> but maybe anyway, the, the so to get to the, the pick that I was least happy with, um, I think it was actually Obi. I was, I mean, by the end of the night, I was already talking myself into it, being like, whatever, like if they see something in him, I'm just going to give him a chance. But when they picked him, I was like pissed. I was, I was, that was another one where I was hoping and praying you know, the Cavs were also linked to him. It was another one of those. Oh, yeah, I didn't want Obi. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted the Cavs to save the Knicks and then they uh they wound up taking uh Okoro and then and then it was like, Well, it looks like Obi's gonna get to the Knicks and I was like, Fuck, 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 no, no, no. And then he got there. I was I was refusing to believe they were gonna take him until it happened. I was like, This is all bullshit. They're just saying this because they're the Knicks and everyone thinks the Knicks are stupid. And then we took it, I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. And I really thought he was just gonna be like dunks and no defense and suck ass. Um but I'm very happy to have been proven wrong there. So to, to answer Jake's question about that, I was not right about that one. Also, on that same on that same night, I was flummoxed a little bit by the quickly selection because I didn't see that coming at all. And but I actually felt pretty good about it because uh, our very own Stacy Patton had written an awesome article about quickly um, for the Strickland. So I had read that and I was like, okay, I could at least see what's going on here. I feel like this is maybe a little too soon, but. I like the tape. Like, yeah, it was weird. Like those, all those, we were like so excited. I remember us all being so excited by the the first trade, and then they made, and then they made the other trade, and I was just like, "What the fuck is happening here?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, but ultimately, it all worked out okay. So. I mean, they were they were right. They they should have taken quickly at eight, probably. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't yeah. have had a, who, who also I'm very glad is on the team, but um, quickly would have been more, more worth the eighth pick in retrospect. So uh, they made the right decision. Yep, absolutely. So uh, that was a good first question from Jake, but we have a couple more from Jake as well. So uh, this one, this one should be pretty easy. Shouldn't require too much explanation. Uh, Zach, I'll throw it to you first. Rank out these three Knicks as prospects only. So we'll just say like maybe like post summer league or something. I don't know. Like that's still why fine. is this easy? I'm I'm interested. What do you mean by that? I don't I don't fuck. I don't remember even what Gallinari was viewed as as a prospect. <laughs> Well, maybe it's easy for some of us and not for others, but uh, rank out these three Knicks prospects, uh, three Knicks as prospects only, uh, Porzingis, Gallinari, and RJ Barrett. So, Zach, go ahead. You go first. Wait, did you not read the question? Did I just – I was actually paying attention this time. I thought you I, had read the question. I hadn't already. finished it yet. I was giving the qualifiers, and then you were like, why is this easy? <laughs> yeah, I was, no, <laughs> I don't – wait, can you answer that question, though? Because I genuinely – like, I don't – I don't know. Um, to me – uh, I would say RJ, KP, Gallo. I think that's my order. In top to bottom? Yeah. What, at what point are we ranking them? As prospects. So before no, they I know. ever. At what made, point are you, like, you, what, where, like, let's put ourselves in a spot. I guess we could say post summer league, or we could just say literally, like, the moment they were drafted. Just okay. Having that, so. I mean, I think in both those cases, I'd probably put KP over RJ. Yeah, that I mean, might be fair. As they were ranked as prospects, there was a lot of hype about KP. I guess maybe not. Yeah, maybe not right after the draft. But I was also remember that draft, right? They're talking about like there's like three guys 
And then there's starting to be that, if I'm remembering correctly, there's starting to be like, well, maybe there's four with yeah. KP being the fourth. Well, right? KP was sort of like uh, the... Okay, for all that shit. Well, people, <laughs> thought, people thought the, the Sixers were going to uh, take and then and they RJ, I don't think out for them. RJ quite had the same level of like media adoration. You know what I mean? So like objectively, I don't know, but I only know the perception of them at the time, not really how they were as players. KP was sort of like the Ivy of his draft class, like in, in many ways, except for he was an international player, which of course shrouds you in like more mystery. But yeah, you know the whole the whole college season, people were looking at. Uh, especially after a few games, everybody was like, "Cat's probably the number one pick." Like that's probably going to happen. And then, you know that that no, Kentucky- wasn't Jaleel Okafor most of the year. Weren't they saying it was Okafor? No, no, he was Okafor was number two. And then you know, I know, I know, but I, I seem to recall that there was actually a debate. Everybody, no, we're having that debate. It was there Towns was, all time. It was Towns all time. There was a debate. Like Towns was largely viewed as he's going to be the number one pick. But then there was. Um, D'Angelo Russell and Jaleel Okafor were also yeah. like yeah, right. fighting for that second spot, sort of. And then, yeah, I don't think there. I really don't think there was ever a question that it was going to be Townsend number one that year. Yeah, and then KP was a late riser, and people thought that the Sixers, because they were like the tank, tank, tank Sixers, were going to take him at three because he was viewed as more of a project, but who had a potentially higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they wound up going Okafor. Well, and, and remember, they part of the reason they went for Okafor is because KP refused to work out for them. Yeah, he did sort of angle his way towards the Knicks. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, we should have known. We should have. Yes, right. <laughs> Goddamn. Oh, it's not like Jay Nottie's doing the same fucking thing, by the way. Anyway, yeah, Jay Nottie really didn't work out for the Kings, but that was because the Kings didn't ask him, it sounds like. <laughs> what, are, what are they doing? They're just yeah. stupid. Yeah. Um, if we're doing post-Summer League, didn't RJ have like a shit Summer League that year? I think he was like so so. I don't remember. I, I anyway, I don't know. I think I'd go Chris Epps, RJ Gallo. Okay. Wait, wait. Who is a better prospect over summer league? RJ or Kevin Knox? <laughs> oh, Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox <laughs> is the best <laughs> prospect <laughs> ever. Guys, there was something there. There was yeah. something. After Summer League, Kevin Knox was like Jason Tatum. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I mean, I literally made that comparison like before the oh, season. No. <laughs> Oh no! Being like, what if he's Jason Tatum? Like, look, they're like the owning that, Alex. I appreciate that I came out and put myself on the line, and now you're following me up. I appreciate. Oh no, that. G- Gavin and I always joke. Like when we first took over the podcast, uh, locked on Knicks. I mean, this one's more on Gavin, but I was lockstep with him at that point. Like he and Macri did like a little crossover episode um, when I was on my honeymoon uh, for my wedding, and and there. Uh, you mean, what would you be on? What? <laughs> You said honeymoon for your wedding. As if you'd be on. Oh, I was on my different honeymoon. My honeymoon for um, I don't fucking know. Yeah, and, and good, nice try, bro. Stop, stop derailing my shit here. All right. Um, and it, they did like a, a rank. Uh, what you think all the Knicks like ceilings are? Some shit. And Gavin was like, and Macri agreed too. It was like Kevin Knox potentially like multiple time All Star like. <laughs> All this shit, and this is after his like Player of the Month award that December of his rookie year. That was probably the highest point of his whole career. Um. Anyway, that's enough. That's enough shitting on Kevin Knox. Uh. Anyway, let's let's get to Jake Andrews's final question. What is your nightmare scenario in regards to picks coming off the board before eleven? 
Uh, Zach, I'm just going to leave you off for this one. Matt, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, please do. Honestly, I have no desire. Matt, what's like one guy that you would consider a, or let's say like two guys you would consider like a huge bummer to come off the board before the Knicks pick? Yeah, okay. I was going to say, because like I was thinking about this, like I can't actually build a nightmare scenario because I don't think like the guy I really, 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 really don't want that that could be, that could, will be available for the next pick is, is Mark Williams. Um, but there's no scenario in which there won't be someone else available, you know, like there, there's no, if you do like Williams, Griffin, uh, Davis, um, Duran, uh, uh, Dyson Daniels, Matherin, whatever, let's call that. And Shaden Sharp, let's call that like the, cause Keegan Murray is obviously on five. So let's call that like the group of next people. Um, which Markham was probably not really not part of that, but just for the, this exercise he is, um, one of those guys has to be there for the next. So uh, there's really no scenario in which they have to like, which I'd be worried they would take Mark Williams because he's the best player available. Who and he's really the one I don't want. Um, so I guess among those guys, Sharp, Matherin, Daniels, Davis, Duran, and Griffin, the ones I want least are probably Griffin and Matherin. Which like I I'm I like them both. I really wouldn't be mad with anyone. Unless they went way off the board, I really wouldn't be mad with anyone in the next pick at 11. Yeah, that's sort of my answer, too. There's so many. I mean, because of some of these, like, late risers, like Shaden Sharp declaring yeah. and, you know, uh, Dyson Daniels working his way up. Like, right. someone's going to fall down. And, you know, even if it's, like, Johnny Davis, who everybody seems to almost I would be love Johnny like, Davis, yeah. Yeah, like, everybody seems to be in consensus that he will definitely be available when the Knicks pick at this point. Really? You know, if he's there... Yeah, it seems like most people think he's going to make it past the level. I didn't know that. I, I guess he's falling back down the board because for a while it was like he's not making it. Yeah, he's like up, down, up, down, up, down. You know, like for I would, most no, of the I'd season. I'd love to pick Johnny Davis. Yeah, I'm totally yeah. on board for that. For most of the season, he lived inside the top 10. And then lately it's just been like, I don't know if it's people just looking for things to dislike about him or whatever, but it seems like in all the mocks that I see, he's fallen past the Knicks mm. at this point. Interesting. Um. So, you know, like even if he's available there and some of the other guys I like have been taken, I would love to take him. I think he'd be a really good player. Yeah. Um, I guess, I, I mean, I don't know how many more times I say it, but if Dyson Daniels gets taken before the Knicks, he's he's my favorite prospect in this draft that's reasonably in the Knicks range. Obviously, I like like Chet and Jabari and Paolo and Jaden Ivey better. Who are your, who are your least, like that group I named, um, of the next people behind the top four plus Keegan Murray, who are your two least favorites of those? Um, I don't know if I would call him a least favorite, but Shaden Sharp scares me the most hmm. because of all I think the unknowns. You take Sharp, if, uh, he won't be there, but I think you can't not take him if he's there. Is the thing I know, and that's the thing is like, but he could also just as easily turn into like another Kevin Knox or something. He like, could, he could, but like hearing him talk about basketball, and I don't mean to be a dick, but like <laughs> in some of the interviews that he had, maybe he's just nervous. I'll, I'll throw that out there too. Like, not everybody's built for the media and whatever, but that would also scare me if he got drafted by yeah. the fucking Knicks. Yeah, they're right. Yeah. But, like, you know, hearing him talk, they're like, well, what do you think you could do? He's like, well, I think I can, you know, shoot the ball and pass it to my teammates and stuff. And that was, like, his whole answer. I'm like, um, what, what was the, like, weird vaguely sexual thing that he said? <laughs> he could, like, t- top people off or some shit. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said something weird like that. Something like, <laughs> like, something like that. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's just I don't. I, it, it scares me with him. Like I would, it's again, it's like, if he gets to your pick, 
you almost have to take him because there's like so much pressure to like if you miss on that if you don't take that guy and then he he hits then you look like a big fucking idiot like that's a job yeah. threatener yeah. you know like as a gm but if yeah, you take him in, again, like in this scenario um 6 through 10 are in whatever order um Matherin, Davis, Daniels, Duran, and Griffin. So, like, who are you? What are you going to? I mean, I guess you could take Malachi Branham, but like, are you going to take Malachi Branham or Jeremy Sochin over um, over Shaden Sharp? You can't. Or Johnny Davis, though. Or no, Johnny Davis is gone. Oh, all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Then, then it's like, I guess the only the only argument you could make then is like the guy that I said earlier, which would be like if you go for like Jang instead. Um, yeah, I guess um, I would say that's the big. Like, I think I think if if you really are scared of Shaden Sharp and he's the guy there, I would almost try to trade down and go get like I really like Jalen Williams. Um, you could trade down and get Jang. You know, like I, I wouldn't take either of those guys at eleven probably, but um, if you could move down to like fifteen, um, get something out of it, I think I might do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there too. So, yeah, I. I mean, it's tough for me to even answer the question about like who I don't want because I could literally talk myself into any of them. I guess the guy that I've sort of cooled on the most would be Matherin. Like, if you asked me like a week ago, it would probably be AJ Griffin. But mm. over the last week, I've talked to like some pretty smart draft people. Like, the one who really swung my opinion was Corey Talba from No Ceilings. Talked to him on on Locked On Knicks, and like. He really made some really good points about why AJ Griffin should not make it to the Knicks or beyond. So, um, like, yeah, I mean, I picked, so. I picked Griffin and Matherin, and that's really just like I, I've, I mean, I think, I think I've said this on the pod before, but if not, I've definitely told you, Alex, that like I haven't liked Matherin for a while. Not like not, I mean, I'd be fine with the Knicks picking him. He's just not. I just don't, I don't like him as much as the other prospects in that range. Um, and Griffin, just because, like, there is... It's kind of the same as Sharp, or, like, it's for a different reason, but, like, I would be nervous about taking him, but it's, like, I wouldn't complain, really, about... Like I said, the only way I'd be upset is if they, like, went off the reservation and took, like, you know, Ochai Abaji. Yeah, that would piss me off. It, it, yeah. That's pretty much the only answer. Like, that's sort of, like, the weird cop-out answer to Jake's thing. Like, the guys that are mocked in their range are all... all I'll have their, like points to them that make you think like maybe there's something more here uh but if they if they really like go and you know sort of break the mold and go for someone like totally different and leave like three of those guys pass them by that would piss me right. off right yeah um, anyway i think we can move to our next question here which i'll throw to zach first because one he's probably not paying attention so i had to say his name so he could <laughs> wake back up yes um, on me <laughs> And now, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> and now, now I'll ask the question. This one comes from the Discord. Hug Life, would you pull the trigger on pick 11 plus the 23 Knicks first, top five protected, plus the Mavs first in 2023, which is, of course, uh, top 10 protected, plus Rokas Jokobitis, or uh, 11, the 23 Knicks first, top five protected, uh, Rokas, and either Grimes or Cam Reddish, for the fourth pick. So would you guys do either of those deals? So it's either. You can literally look at it. You don't have to say it. Out loud. <laughs> in the well, it's, it's like sort of in order, but it's all, it's also like weirdly. Hang on. So it's in both cases, it's 11, the 23 Knicks first top five protected and Rokas. Then yeah, the question between you're choosing the 2023 Mavs first, which is top 10 protected and Grimes or Cam. 
Right. Um, and I would rather give up the Mavs first, but I don't think I would give up either of those. That's a lot for a fourth pick. Uh, I'm not really too keen on that. Um, I don't know. They, again, I don't really know anything about Ivy, but I know there are enough question marks to have some, you know, plausible, like, eh, you know what I mean? Like, this guy knows, are, are we sure he can pass the ball? <laughs> are you sure you want to do all that for a guy who we're not sure can pass the ball? Um, I don't know. It seems like a lot. That that extra Knicks, the 23 Knicks pick, uh, that, that makes me not want to, I, I would do everything else. For sure, but that feels like not enough. He actually added averaged like twelve assists per game. What are you talking about? Not being open. Yeah, I really I've been confused by this too, but I I didn't want to say well, anything. Because I was like, am I wrong? Are you sure? I thought I looked up his number. I mean, I, you would know better than I would. Yeah, course. it's like twelve assists per game. It was a lot. Twelve assists per game. Yeah. I mean, he was basically Purdue's whole offense. So he is. What? No, I'm just joking around. It yeah, what are, you, what are you talking about? I'm like, what? Dude, I, I looked this up. He has like a one-to-one assist to turnover ratio. I just wanted to see I'm how far like, I could push that and how much you would believe me. Yeah, well, you're being hyperbolic, but I was like, okay, he doesn't literally mean 12. Maybe he means eight. But I, I, I was talking about this with someone at work, and I, I remember looking his numbers up. and was like, there's no, I'm pretty sure. But there you go. The All one-to-one right, assist to turnover ratio is generally not a good thing. I'll, I'll pick my my shots better for my next attempt to troll you and your lack of overall yeah. draft knowledge. <laughs> yeah, you can do better than that. All right, I'll figure I'll figure something out. Uh, Matt, what do you think about the two proposed deals, though? Um, I I agree with Zach that I think they're both a little much to give up. So we were in the in our Slack channel before batting around because of the um, report that the the Kings are looking at John Collins, um, batting around the idea of a three-team trade. And this is what I came up with. Um, Collins, the 11th pick, uh, I'm hearing an echo. I don't know where it's coming. So keep going. Okay. Um, Collins, the 11th pick, and the Dallas 2023 pick um, to the Kings. And then the Knicks give up, like, I don't know, two two of the Detroit. Do they still have two Detroit seconds left? They have... Detroit's second round picks next year and the year after, I think. Right. Okay. So give up both Maybe those picks. Maybe even the year after that. They have a bunch of Detroit. Ones. Yeah. I can't remember how many they have. So give up like two of the, if they have more than two, just two of them. If they only have two, go both of them, whatever. Um, Detroit second round picks to the Hawks for like essentially an exchange for Collins to get uh, Ivy. I don't think two, two second round picks is enough for John Collins. I don't, I don't think John Collins is very good. Well, they think he's good because they just gave him a fuck ton of money. Those are so, two. I mean, those are going to be like thirty-two and thirty-two. I mean, so that is where that's where the Kings have to start paying more, though. I think like the King. That's where you say, okay, Kings, yeah. the bill is due. Like you want. Yeah, you I mean, want- that's fine. If you think the Kings need to give up more, that's fine. But like, I don't think the Knicks should give up more than that. Like, what they're giving up is essentially two this this year's first round or the Mavs twenty twenty three pick, and then two very low thirties second rounders. Yeah, I like. I think that's pretty fair from the Knicks' perspective. Maybe they'd have to give up a little more, like send some sort of like. Actually, the Hawks really like Grimes, for example, which came up around the trade deadline because apparently they wanted to put Grimes on the table for Cam Reddish, and the Knicks said no. So then they right. took Charlotte pick instead. I would. I would want to take back one of those second round picks if I'm giving up Grimes. That's fine. I think that would be pretty fair. Yeah, I mean, Grimes fine. definitely. Grimes definitely played like a top like. 
15 or so player in a room. Yeah, I don't really want to give him up, but I would if like that's yeah. what it takes to get it done. Yeah. So I think that would be pretty fair. I think that would maybe get it done. Um, I actually have a hot take about Hug Life Steals. I would, and I know this is kind of crazy, and so this, this is definitely a hot take, but based off how well he played this year, I would almost be more um, protective of Rokas than the 2023 Dallas pick. I really think Jokobitis is something. Like, with how well he played in the best league in uh, Europe this year, like, I I hesitate to bring up, you know, this guy, but, I mean, <clears throat> he was he was doing, like, some, like, Ricky Rubio, like, Luka Doncic type shit. Like, like, as far as how good he is for his age in that league. Like, yeah, people I, mean, I actually don't think it's that crazy, like, that crazy for that reason and also because that, that Mavs pick is not going to be particularly valuable. Like, not unvaluable, but, like, it won't be, like, insanely valuable as first round picks go. That Mavs pick has more theoretical value than Jokobitis does, but I think Jokobitis has more practical value. I just don't know how it ends up, like... What are the chances it's like the 11th pick, you know, which is the best case scenario because it's top 10 protected. Um, Extremely low. Luca's yeah. too good for that to happen. Right. So like it'll at worst case, like if Luca has a down year and the rest of the team sucks, worst case scenario, it's like the 18th pick. Yeah. Like they'll sneak into the playoffs. Right. When I think, I think based on what, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe this is crazy, but I kind of agree that based on what we've seen from Roka. So like, I'd rather have him than the 18th pick next year. Yeah, I think I would too. You know, I, I maybe it's a little bit of hyperbole, but uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I think I'm going. I think I want Rokas over that pick. So that would be who I would hold out. So I would potentially turn the deal into like, and you know what? I would. I think I might be comfortable doing this if it was eleven, the top five protected twenty twenty three pick, uh, the Mavs pick in 2023 and we'll say cam because i value him way less than grimes i it would make me a little queasy for if ivy didn't work out but if walt perrin walked up to me and said he's the real deal go get him right now i would do that and just say you know what let's chips fall where they may but i would heavily prioritize then being like let's get rid of all the vets this offseason and go full youth movement that way if they're not ready yet and the team still kind of sucks then at least you can hopefully hold on to that fifth pick next year in a really good draft um, or a top five pick, I should say. So I think if it was the 24 next first round pick, I might do it. I would be way more inclined to give them the 24 if they would take it. Yeah. If they would take the 24, I would be like, the team should be good. If the team's not good by then, then we're fucked anyway. So because exactly. you're going to um, have to pay all of your young guys by then anyway. Right. So, so like, I think I would do. And maybe they wouldn't take this for this reason, but I think I would do 11, the 24 pick. Um, I, get, I mean, maybe like top three protected, you know, whatever, if you want to lessen the protection a little bit, even top one protected. Um, and uh, the Mavs 2023 first and, and Cam, I think I would probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to add the second part of Hug Life's question, which was, if not, what's the most? Oh, I was kind of answering it, which is why I like into the, the three-way team trade. That yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much Zach. What's your, what's your tipping point? Is it just including the extra first, which turns it into essentially three firsts to move on? Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, I will say if you look at, if you look at recent precedent, um, the Hawks, I just pulled this one up in, in discord today. 
the Hawks to move up from eight to four to select DeAndre Hunter, which again, you know, very similar situation where there was sort of a well-defined top three in that draft. Granted, the fourth pick was not as well-defined and it was actually viewed as sort of a weird reach that they paid all that just to go up and get Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Hawks to move up from eight to four gave up uh, number number eight and number 17 in that draft, uh, plus a protected 2020 first round pick to New Orleans. Uh, what was the protection on that pick? I forget, to be honest. Uh, I think it conveyed, though. I think it conveyed in 2020 to New Orleans, but I could be mistaken there. Uh, I mean, but that was also probably a bad deal. <laughs> like, looking um, at how that went. I, I mean, it depends how Hunter is, obviously. Uh, but Yeah, was, so let's see yeah. here. New Orleans. I uh, I want to say... I want to say that pick did convey. Hold on. Wikipedia is usually good with showing like where they got traded from or whatever. Um, oh, no, it does. It Atlanta did hold on to their pick that year. So did it convey last year or is it still not conveyed yet? I don't know. This is a good question. Hold on. Let me let me check my handy dandy real GM page. Nobody's ever been to the page on real GM where uh, you can see all this shit. It's super useful. Uh, I feel like New Orleans must have gotten it like last year or something, or maybe it had one of those conditions where it turned into multiple second round picks or something, because it's not still showing up on the ledger. So uh, I I guess it must have conveyed like last year. Anyway, it, it was essentially the three first round picks, um, three first round picks, and there was a couple second round pick swaps involved there. I think I think New Orleans also got like the thirty fifth pick in 2019 and then swap that for like Atlanta got like the 57th pick or some shit. So, I mean, it was a pretty decent trade package. Like it was two firsts. One was, uh, one was top 10. The other one was just outside the lotto, a very early second round pick and a protected first round pick for the next year to move up four spots. So to say that to move up from 11 to four is not like that crazy. I don't think. Yeah. I'm just not into it. Um... Yeah. That's fine. That's fair because it's supposed to be a really good draft next year. So it's, but you know, it gets to a point where you say, if this is the guy, you kind of just got to go for it at a certain point. Um, so that's where I, that's where I come down. It, you know, I have no way of knowing this, but if Walt Perrin came up to me as GM of the Knicks and was like, "This is the dude," I'd be like, "Okay, I'll go get him for you." Like whatever it takes, you know, Avengers style. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. All right, good. Let's move to our next question, though. This comes from ZMP323, the typical Tibbs hater, uh, from the Discord. Not something I personally want, but what would your thoughts be if the Knicks traded Randall for Chris Stapps? Uh, um, wait, was it... Matt, you said that you were super happy when they took Chris Stapps, right? Yeah. All right, so how would you feel? Would you get that same butterfly? No. Trade? No, fuck that. I don't want Chris Tapps. I I mean, actually, I guess I... No, I don't want him. I, not even for Randall. I, no, I was about to talk myself into it, but no, no, I don't want him. All right. Zach, what do you think? No, I don't. I kind of, in like a team chaos, burn the world type of way, I would think it would be funny, but no, I have no interest in that. Yeah. I like I, Julius Randall much better than Chris Tapps. Which is really saying something because we really yeah. shit on Randall like crazy this year, rightfully yeah. so. He sucked, but yeah, I 
I'm kind of the same thought. I just, I, I still have a bitter taste in my mouth about how he left this team. And I don't know. I know that he's been relatively quiet since then. Like ever since he tried his like little coup on the Knicks and it didn't work out and then got traded to Dallas. I think maybe being essentially salary dumped this year, maybe it was finally like the, the humbling experience he needed. Maybe, um, getting trades to the wizards for like basically nothing. But yeah, I, I, I just don't want him. I don't want him. I think, I still have too sour of a taste in my mouth. And I would worry that he would just be a bad locker room presence because he has been before for the Knicks. He's been a big fucking distraction um, when he was injured for the Knicks. And I just don't want to deal with that anymore. And I also don't want to deal with if he's really bad and, you know, everybody then clowns the Knicks for trading back for him when he sucks. Or if he's really good and then we have to, like, treat him like some fucking prodigal son fucking savior. I don't want to do that either because I don't want to, like have to suddenly like this guy that I disliked for so long. So yeah, I don't want it. Uh, all right. Another one from ZMP three, two, three. Where do you think Steph ranks all time now that he won his fourth ring and feel free to just give a range instead of an exact number. If you want Zach, where's Steph on your uh, Steph Curry, of course on your, Oh, I have not put any thought into this, but I would say loosely between 10 and 20. Okay. He's fucking awesome, dude. And like, I cannot separate the entertainment factor from who he is as a player, which both are incredible. But, like, he is one of the most fun players. I, I mean, he might literally be the most fun player I've ever seen. It's not, I don't even know if it's close, which is crazy. But, like, honestly, he like every single time I watch him play, I say, holy shit, like, five or six times. Yeah, and, and he does that, it in different ways than anybody has ever done it before. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's just like, like it never gets old for me. I just do like he's pulling from thirty-five feet, and it's like, oh no, they played bad defense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like what? <laughs> what do you mean? How is that bad defense? But it is, and he's fucking awesome, and uh, I'm glad that they won. Yeah, I really am too. I'm, I'm definitely glad they, they got another chip, uh, especially because it was against Boston, but. Yeah. Uh, Matt, where do you where do you have him? Rough range. Yeah, I also didn't think about this, but I guess probably same as Zach, ten to twenty. Sure. I think. Yes. I think I'll probably move inside the top ten. I mean, my my thing that I was thinking about the other day because like I was looking at it and I was curious like where he sits in like all time points and junk like that, and he's actually pretty low. On those lists, like, but you have to consider he came into the league after his junior year, which I guess like Michael Jordan did that too and wound up. He was also injured in the beginning. Yeah, but Steph really dealt with injuries in the beginning. He missed a whole season like two years ago, um, or effectively a whole season. He came back for like five games or whatever. Um, I I think I've got him top ten now. I mean, I just think it's so impressive. Like, if you look at just the pure scoring numbers, okay, he's like. 30 30th or like somewhere between like 30 and 35 right now all time and total points scored fine whatever like obviously he's not lebron in that respect or something who's probably going to end up with the most points of all time but the fact that he has like obliterated the three pointers made record in literally almost half the games that ray allen played for his career is insane like it, it, that just underscores like just how much his three point shooting like completely changed how the game is played, defended, ha- how guys train now, like what sort of shots guys are like practicing. Sure, remember that? See, yeah, he had the breakout game against the Knicks. I'll never forget that for, mm-hmm. for the rest of my fucking life. Where it, it, what is and lost? 50? I might say. 
Yeah, like, but it was like every two. It was like, what the fuck is happening? Like I remember watching that game and losing my mind. That was like and one that, of the best as a Knicks fan. That's like one of the best games ever because he yes. he lit it up at the Garden, and you were like, "Wow, a star is born!" And yet the Knicks also won. And the Knicks won. <laughs> so like, great. It, it wasn't like every other time where fucking Kobe comes in and just like murders the Knicks, and right. then you're just like, "Shit, we're just left as a pile of ash as usual." Mm-hmm. Um, that was twelve thirteen, I think, where yep. in the middle of like their best season ever of the, of the modern era, and uh, you know, and and. They still, the Knicks still managed to win that game, even though Curry had like 55 points or whatever. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I don't know where exactly it would be, probably like seven, eight, nine, something like that would be where I'd have him. I just think his transformative effect on the game is more than a lot of guys, and that has to count for something. And like, I still think stats are great. But like rings really count and accolades really count to me. So like he has four rings, which is an elite number of rings to have as the best player on your team. And I don't care what anybody says, he's better than Kevin Durant on those teams. And uh, also to have like the MVP hardware to go with it too, to be a, a two-time MVP. Like I, I think he's he's got to be like top ten by this point. Um, and you know it's a really tough list to make, but I, I just think because of how much he's done in the relative amount of games that he's done it and the amount of success that he's had. That's, that's where he's at for me at this point. Yeah. So, all right, we'll move to our next question where we're, we're chugging right along here. Sort of This is gonna be <laughs> probably another two part podcast. Uh, <laughs> this one comes from Dallas Amico uh, in the discord, our, our very own. Do you still take Ivy if you trade up and Chet is on the board? This was in response to like, I think Schwinn cooked up a trade where the Knicks would end up with the number two pick. With the idea of taking Ivy, and I was like, "Why would you not take Chet there? <laughs> like, if he's on the board, like, oh, this makes so much more sense." I I assumed he was talking about a like I was ready to be like, "This is just not a workable hypothetical." Because yeah, like, no, what? this was okay. it was like in direct response to Schwinn cooked up like a mock trade. That makes where, much more sense. Okay, yeah, then where it's like OKC is involved and the Kings and the Knicks and maybe another team, but ultimately the Knicks end up with the number two pick. And yeah, if that's the case, I'm taking. I'm taking probably either Chet or Jabari in that scenario. Well, I think I think, I think Jabari's going first, but well, but if if that's all smokescreen and they wind up taking Chet instead, which I, I think is a very real possibility, um, there was some report that like they just had a late like interview with mm-hmm. Chet and came away very impressed, you know, or whatever. I mean, Jabari, like I've never even really thought too hard about Jabari Smith, but that would be. I mean, obviously this isn't going to happen, but that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be nasty. Like that would be those would be sweet, sweet, you know, things to happen. So I think people are overthinking it with chat. Like literally, he just puts the meat on and he's amazing as a modern day center. Like he could dribble, he could pass, he could shoot. You know what, you know what we could do? Just have him come to a recording of our live podcast. Yeah. yeah. He'll beef right up based on the gets, shit we eat. If he gets picked? No, what yeah, I'm saying. Like oh, give him all of our shit food we eat. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. We'll just feed him some Tony Bolognese. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and he'll just he'll beef right up because it's yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, I so I, I would take chat. I don't know where. Uh, <laughs> draft expert D'Lo, what do you think? Where do you fall on this? Yes, I agree. <laughs> all right, <good>. Nice, <laughs> Matt. What do you think? Um, if they no, okay, if they trade up to two, yeah, I take I take chat. Um. 
I was trying to, to finish my thought from earlier, I was trying to, because I didn't know the context here, I was trying to work out a scenario in which I guess Keegan Murray goes three, and then for some reason Chet's still on the board at four. But then I was like, well, the Kings wouldn't let the next trade up to four. They would just want Chet in that scenario. So I don't really know how this would even happen. Um, and the Pacers wouldn't, at five, wouldn't be like, yeah, sure, we'll trade down and you can have Ivy. Like, they would just want Ivy. So, um, so yeah. At, at two, I would take Chet. But if it's if it's four somehow, it's just not doable. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think if, if you get to, you have to get up to, like, at best, the third pick, you know, like, and that's if you get lucky and OKC takes Paolo. That'd be so it. weird. Yeah, I mean, I can't, that'd be such a weird scenario if yeah. I just don't see OKC taking Boncaro. But no, yeah, I maybe. just think I think Chet would be too perfect of a fit for them yeah. to pass him up. So, but if you manage to get your way up to the second pick, yeah, you just take Chet and you figure yeah. out the rest later. Especially because it looks like Mitch is going to walk anyway. So, like, I beg want... said yesterday that that he thinks Mitch is coming back. Yeah, well, maybe he's coming back then. I don't know. But even if Mitch does come back, you can play Mitch and Chet together. Like, that's kind yeah, of Yeah, it'll, it. it'll be fine. I mean, they, yeah, it's, I mean, Tibbs will probably just not play Chet, honestly. It's a real problem. But he probably, will, oh, you gotta get more bench press reps in. <laughs> you know, once, once you put on 80 pounds of muscle mass, like, yeah, how many, day. how many, uh, how many live recordings of the Knicks mailed up back have you been to, Chet? Maybe, maybe <laughs> when you eat more 20 bolognese, I'll play you. Can you imagine how fat we would get trying to get him fat? <laughs> I would do it for the Knicks. <laughs> I would do it too. If I could bulk up Chet and turn yeah. him into like a multi-time all nba -er, I would definitely do that. Yeah. Just like, just like, yeah, I need you guys to eat McDonald's with Chet Holmgren every day. So he like, you know, just puts on weight real fast and I'll just. I, I would straight up turn into Mac from Always Sunny and just be like, I'm cultivating yeah. mass. Yeah, listen, I'm doing this for the Knicks, guys. <laughs> I'm, I know that I weigh 250 pounds, but I'm doing it for the Knicks. <laughs> The funny part is, is that I normally weigh like 240 to 250. Yeah, but I have. I, know, I this have is to get up to like 300. <laughs> yeah, I'm much smaller frame than you do. <laughs> 250 pounds on me would not look like 250 pounds on you because you have like a naturally bigger frame than I do. Yeah, I would need to get up to like 300, which would be very <laughs> uncomfortable. But I would do it for the Knicks. <laughs> I would turn into a fucking fat slob. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Alex has been waiting for this his whole life. Yeah, this, yeah, this is it. This is what we want. He's gonna start calling. Finally. He's gonna start calling up Sam Preston, being like, "Hey, hey, you want to trade down with the Knicks, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> and then have them assign Chet Holmgren to me specifically to fatten yeah. up. <laughs> hey, listen, I can do this. I know that you already got a pretty big belly, but like, I'm your man. <laughs> Call up Leon and be like, Leon. I know you've been packing on the pound since you took this job. I saw that recent photo of you. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, all right, moving on to the next question from G Baked in the Discord. Around where would Ivy be mocked in the past few drafts? Um, man, I'm always so bad at these exercises. I I'll, I can answer. I already looked. Okay. Um, I actually think it would be four every time. So you think he would go after Edwards, Wiseman, Lamelo? He would be number. Oh one. yeah, let's go back to. Well, you you went too far back, but no, I was thinking. I was literally just looking at the twenty twenty draft, so that's why I said no. that. Twenty twenty one, it's the top three picks are Cunningham, Jalen Green, and, and Evan Mobley, and then Scotty Barnes, who was the rookie of the year. But like, I think, I think Barnes would have gone before him and Suggs. No, I think Ivy would have been a. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I just personally thought Barnes sucked, which obviously was not right. But so that might be. Affecting me here, but um, I guess I guess four to that's fair. Four to six range, probably. I think he would have gone in Giddy spot last he, year. Uh, he definitely would have gone ahead of Giddy. Um, 
But I, I don't know. I could have seen, I could have seen the Magic taking him over Suggs. Yeah, I, I do agree though. I think in twenty twenty, I could see him going in Pat Will's spot. Twenty twenty, I think he would definitely would have been four. Um, yeah. And twenty nineteen, I actually also, I mean, I know that the Hawks traded up to get Hunter, but I think, I think Ivy would have been considered a better prospect than DeAndre Hunter. It would have been a hell of a debate between him and and RJ. And honestly, based off what the Knicks needs have been forever. I actually think I would have wanted the Knicks to take Ivy. I think they would have still taken RJ, but I would have wanted to take Ivy. And look, I, we don't know what Ivy turns into yet. And we know that RJ pretty much worked out. So the Knicks would have been right. But, um, so I think it would have been, you're right. Last year, four to six, and then 2020 and 2020, 2019, probably four both times. And then 2018, it's, I didn't look at that. Like, Aiton, Bagley, Luca. I mean, like Sacramento was going to take Bagley no matter what because they just zeroed in on Right, yeah. And who was four in that draft? Jaron Jackson Jr. and then Trey. And oh, then- yeah. I would have had him behind behind Young, I think. I bet you he would have gone fifth. No, he would have gone fifth to Atlanta. They you think taken- he would have gone over? I, I think he would have been behind Trey Young. I think there was a lot of questions around Trey because of his size and his defense. Yeah, but Atlanta wanted Trey Young. Like, that's who they wanted, which is why they made that trade. So I think they. Right. They you can't look at it like that because, like, if they. If Jaden Ivey existed. I guess that's true. <laughs> they didn't have the option of taking Jaden Ivey. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Then there's Jaden Ivey, who's not a midget and who's not, like, this frail little piece of shit that can't defend anything. Right. Um, and who has a lot of the same offensive skills, but is faster. So isn't as good. Yeah. Of a I mean, I, yeah. I, I guess I'll, I don't know. I still think I could have seen him going below. Um, also a year prior to Memphis getting John Morant, they, they might've taken him at four. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's four to six again that year. Yeah. I think it's four to six again. Yeah, I think that's fair. He definitely he would have for sure gone before Bamba, Carter, Sexton, all those. I things. wonder if we can find a draft where he'd go top three. We probably could, but I don't know how long it would 2013, take. 2013, easily. What did you say? 2013. That was the Anthony Bennett number one victory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's see if we can do it sooner than that. Uh, Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Jason Tatum, Josh Jackson. No guarantees. No. I don't think. Yeah, no, he doesn't go. I think he goes uh, below Fox in that draft. 20, 2016, he would have gone number three, I bet. Ben Hold Simmons, on. Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown. There was a lot of questions around Jalen Brown that year. Yeah. And then who's and then Bender. Yeah, oh God. That draft sucked. Yeah. Yeah, he would have gone he would have gone top three in that draft, I bet. Over Jalen Brown. Because Brown Brown was one of those ones where they made one of those weird smear campaigns where they were like, No, yeah, yeah. People thought Jalen Brown sucked. Yeah, they did. Well, and they were also like, Is he too smart for the NBA? Like, is he gonna question coaching too much? Like, <laughs> Gonna be insubordinate, like they were making up all this weird ass shit with him. Right. And obviously, like he came on kind of slow too in the NBA. Like that's yeah. I, I think I think he I think I agree with you. Probably. I mean, there's a chance the Celtics still take Jalen Brown, but that's a good shout for three. Um, Fifteen. I think he goes probably five behind Chris Stapps because mm-hmm. his own year was number five, and and then I mean, fourteen. He definitely he would have probably gone an Exum spot at number five. I would think after. Wiggins, Parker, and Bede, Gordon. Mm, yeah. And then 13. The 13 draft, he might have literally been the number one overall pick because that draft sucked. 12? Yeah. Other than Giannis at 15, that draft was fucking terrible. 12 is interesting. I actually think he would have gone like 8 in 2012. No, I said 2013. No, I know, but I'm looking at 2012 now. 
Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, 2012 was a really strong draft. Yeah, it was a really good draft. So Davis, I mean, Michael Gilchrist didn't work out, but like everyone thought he was going to be amazing. Bradley Beal, Deion Waiters, who again, like people thought were going to be really good. Thomas Robinson, who I don't really remember, but that was Waiters the king. and Robinson, like Waiters was viewed as kind of a reach. Um, a little bit, but like I think, you know, he had had a good. Um, he was like a J.R. Smith type player, which yeah. Was and then Lillard was six, and yeah. like I mean, that was a weird. Like he was from a small school. Like it was a weird situation, but like I think he probably still would have been a better prospect um, than Ivy. And then seven was Harrison Barnes, who again probably would have been a better prospect. So Harrison Barnes had like the RJ effect, where he was right. like the number one prospect in his class, and just except for he was yeah. way worse at North Carolina than RJ was at Duke. Right. Right. Um, um, also, Harrison Barnes was a sophomore, which I did not remember. Huh. He yeah, stayed at school for two years, probably because he like didn't really. Yeah, I forgot about that too, to be honest. Um, but I think he would have gone ahead of Ter- Terrence Ross for sure. Yeah, he had like a. Uh, I guess that does make sense. Though. Like he had a really bad freshman yeah. year, if I remember right, or at least by the standards that you would expect. And then, All right, well, we went back ten drafts for you there, G Big. Yeah, that was that was more than what was bargained for. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the first one where he would go top three would be. Uh, 20, uh, what did I say, 2016? Oh, sorry, 16. Yeah, 16. Top three, and then potentially yeah. number one overall in 2013, because that draft was terrible. Yeah, he might have been number one. I mean, that was a, such a bad draft. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, Oladipo was like him, but way less skilled. Yeah. Like, coming yeah. out of college, and even that, he still couldn't even get number one. because There was like literally no yeah. number one pick. I mean, people were like, who the fuck are the Cavs going to take? And then they took Bennett, and it was like, who? Bennett, like, who Bennett was mocked like yeah. potentially like number fucking – Seven, yeah, that was that. a bad draft. Um, yeah. but it makes sense because, like, 2012, we were just saying, I mean, you pushed back a little bit, but I think he might be like near the bottom of the top 10 in 2012. So it's not surprising that the next year there were really not that many good prospects. Yeah, yeah, it was just a weak year. All right, we'll move to our next question because, again, we did way more than we thought we were going to do with that <laughs> one. Uh, next question comes from the Discord. Zan Rosen wants to know. Uh, who would you rather give up between Quickly and Obi if the Kings demanded one for number four and Ivy? Uh, would you even be willing to give up either? That's, that's a pretty good question. Zach, you've, you've you've been silent again. Lots of draft talk, but more draft talk for you, buddy. How are you feeling about IQ and Obi and your overall like prospect rankings potentially? Going uh, I think it's not even a prospect thing. I, I think if you're keeping Julius, you have to trade Obi. And that's like, I mean, you need a point guard also, right? So, like, the only logical way to do this, if we take emotion out of it, is to uh, to give up Obi, if anything. Like a true Jedi. You're taking emotion out of it. <laughs> that's me. A Jedi. To get that's to why it. I trade Obi. You know, we got to hide him from <laughs> who's, who's uh, Darth Vader. <laughs> Until you overcome your need for victory, a Padawan you will still be. Right. Tibbs, he's, Tibbs he says that's a Julius. I think he would definitely be like Vader. Of everybody. In, in this yeah. analogy, is Tibbs Vader the Emperor and we have to hide Obi from him? <laughs> I was kind of imagining Tibbs as Obi-Wan just continually telling all the young guys that, like, until you get way better without playing in games, you're still going to be on the bench. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. <laughs> and all of them being like Anakin and being like, Right, yeah. And they're all just like, well, now? why would you make me starter? <laughs> the I don't council know. of Leon Rose has not made me starter. 
Oh man! Imagine like the whole meeting, like the Jedi Council, and it's like Rose and like Perry, <laughs> and they're just like we cannot. Uh, Dolan, definitely. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And they're all just sitting there, and they're like, "We cannot grant you the." I think, right I think Leon is Mace Windu. I don't know if he's cool enough to be Mace Windu. Although he is enough of a dick to be Mace Windu. Right, that's what I was imagining. I could totally see the Emperor, who I, we haven't really clarified who the Emperor would be in this scenario, but and I don't really know who it would be, because like, what's even the fucking dark side here? <laughs> but whoever the Emperor... I hate to give Worldwide Wob credit for anything, but it would probably be Adam Silver. That visual is forever burned in my brain. Yeah, but then, like, what... Oh, Ob and IQ join Adam Silver. Like this, this metaphor kind of falls apart. Yeah, it does. It does. It's a shame. I blame Zach, who started this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to answer the actual question, I would probably give up Ob just because I'm higher on IQ as a prospect. Um, Matt, where do you fall? Yeah, same. I, I think I was going to say neither, but then Zach made a good point, which is like if if we're thinking about a scenario in which they don't trade Randall, then I would I would probably trade Ob for the fourth pick. Um, because he could get his shit together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I really don't want to do I, I really don't want to trade either of them. But if the Knicks are saying we're not getting rid of Randall, then yeah, I would probably give up Obi. Yeah, because I just feel like there's less of a safety net to fall back on if you trade IQ. Right. Uh, and then that would also mean that they're probably thinking too, like, oh, Ivy will just be the starting point guard, which is right. also kind of stupid. I don't think he's going to be that. As Zach pointed out with his astute draft analysis, he only has a one-to-one <laughs> A to T-O. <laughs> no, no. It's probably just the game. Yeah. Zach is Zach is a true student of the, the <laughs> draft game. It's draft game. That's right. It's draft kings. Oh, that reminds me about draft kings. Uh, oh. Probably. I should probably make sure I do this at some point. Although I have to make sure I have the proper add up. Someone say something. Tell a story real quick. Um, wait, is this going to stay in the pod? Yeah. Never mind. I got the ad copy up. You fucking. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. Hard to disagree with that after the NBA playoffs. New customers could bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility requirements apply. See show notes for details. All right, so moving to our next question here. Uh, we have one from Fazzle in the Discord. I think this is a first-time first time question for Fazzle. What up, Fazzle? Thanks for asking a question. Uh, Fazzle wants to know, I despise Kyrie as he's a walking contradiction, but will we prefer him more than Julius with a thinking emoji or Russ? So uh, this brings us back to our first question. We all just said, fuck you, Kyrie. Don't come to my team. Uh, would you rather have Kyrie or Julius? I say Julius 100 times out of 100. What do you think, you guys? Yes. Same. Yep. Zach, do you agree too? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Russ. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna say yes to both these. As Rust crazy over. as that is to say, Russ does not seem like a total piece of shit. So yes, I think I would take Russ. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean he'd be way worse on on the floor, but I would much rather have the human being Russell Westbrook on my team. So yeah, also you can bring him off the bench. <laughs> yeah, actually well, probably not. <laughs> no, you can bring Russell off the bench. All of his faults does seem like he at least encourages like good work habits. But boy, that would be a terrible team to watch, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, he tries, he tries hard. It's just that what he tries hard at is, like, bad basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah he yeah. still thinks that he's his athletic prime self, and he's clearly not anymore. Yeah, I hate this question is really what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I, I think that. that was the idea. Um, yeah. And Fazzle made sure to note, I would actually prefer watching Randall shit the bed again than Kai. Yes, full yeah. agreement yeah. with you, yep. But also, we hate you for asking this question. Never ask a question again. Just kidding. Ask lots of questions in the future. Good one, Alex. <laughs> you couldn't even commit to the bit. You gave like you gave like 0.25 seconds, and we're like, oh, no, I can't. What if he turns off the pod? Or she, or uh, other pronoun, turns off the pod right now. Never hears my apology. I have to get it out right this second. You're, you're, you're running into uh, some serious trouble with gender pronouns tonight. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know, it's funny. That was way more painful than my like immediate backtrack, which you were trying to like get on me. Oh, that's okay. I'm here to embarrass myself. I think you overestimate how much embarrassment I actually have, Alex. You I... underestimate my power. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think I do that at all. I know that you have zero shame by this point. So that's true. Do you forget that I wore a belly shirt to a Mets meetup? <laughs> yeah, you remember that. I also remember you talking about on here how you were worried about shitting yourself on the on the the, the leg press. Yeah, yeah. I mean that if that happened, I'd be very shameful. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's like your limit right there. So that's all yeah. I need to know about you. Nothing yeah. that ever happened on a podcast could ever come close to that. So no. All right, uh, we are going to guys. Are you ready? The uh, what's the how's the Twilight song go? It's like dun, 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 dun. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going into the bub zone. Uh, from <laughs> Jordan Bub on Twitter, the most prolific question asker you could ever ask for, uh, at Bub Jordan. Uh, we're going to do a few of these with a little bit of longer responses, and we're going to do a lightning round. Because quite frankly, if, <laughs> Jordan, we love you for asking questions, but if we answer every single one of these, we're going to be here until like 1 a.m., and it's currently 10 o'clock. So uh, I'm not on board for that. Um, so we'll do the, the first three questions here, and then we'll do a rapid-fire round of the rest of Jordan's stuff. Uh, first question, what can... The playoffs this year teach the Knicks about what they need on the roster and how will the Knicks go about solving this problem? Zach, now is your time to shine. This is the first time that is not oh, yeah. you owe Jordan a, a Oh movie. yeah. Oh because these have all been draft questions so far. <laughs> oh finally I can use my fucking brain and not just spit out garbage. Although uh TBD. <laughs> Let's circle back to that after I answer this question. Uh what will the playoffs this year teach about what we need on the roster? Number one. Um, you you kind of do need a big, even against you know the, the best of the best. All these teams, there was a time there, right? Like when the when the uh, the Rockets were at their peak with Harden, and they're playing the super small ball with PJ Tucker at center, and the Warriors were doing their Draymond Green at center shit, where the conventional wisdom became you can't play with a true big, uh, and I think that's sort of been proven false. It's just that your big has to be able to sort of get out on the perimeter. He doesn't even have to necessarily be switchable. It depends on the, the team you have around them. But, like, you got to just have, like, a – here's the key word, a big with versatility and defensive IQ, right? So – and that's the thing as this relates to Mitchell Robinson. 
Mitch has the physical talent. He does not have um, the, the the feel that you would want in these high stakes games. There's just, can you see watching what we just watched in the finals? Can you see Mitchell Robinson playing in those games and mm-hmm. holding up? Because I can't. Yeah, it, at at his best this year, when he was flashing, being able to switch a little bit again and like still blocking threes. On but the- it, it's less that; it's more the decision making in the moment, the snap decision making, and and having everything on instinct. He doesn't I, do that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, things do have to be a little more regimented for him. But would you argue yes. that like his snap decision making is that much worse than like Robert Williams? Uh, it's definitely worse. I think, I mean, he, the, the whole Robert Williams is a good comparison because he should be, if he had the the brain of Robert Williams, he'd be a much better player than Robert Williams because he has such a physical advantage and they're very similar. But he just does not have that kind of processing speed. And Williams isn't even like, you know, I mean, he's, he's a, re- you know, he actually is a really good defender. He really impressed me, uh, particularly in the finals. But like, I just can't see Mitch doing that that kind of defensive processing that's required when your defense is being stressed like that, you know? And it's very hard for me to, to see that based on what I've seen from him so far because he's always recovering. That's his whole thing, right? Like, he is so physically gifted that he can make mistakes and still snuff the shit out of someone's shot and make it look crazy because he just covers ground like that. But I don't think the mental game is there, and I think that's something that you need. So whether whether or not Mitch is that guy is a different question, but I think you do need that guy as your big man because you do need someone to play big. Uh, and the other part of it is just wings. Like, we know this already, but it's been reiterated. Wings all day, two, two-way two wings. You have one R.J. Barrett. They clearly are focusing on this because we have Grimes, right? And they went and got Cam, who will TBD, but it's the right idea. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that I want to be seeing. And it's good to see that. Remember the Nets getting fucking obliterated because they don't have any wings? Um, that's the the other side of it, right? You got to get wings, and uh, it seems like the Knicks are aware of that and doing it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, I think mostly it's just smart, versatile players, right? Yeah, Like, that's exactly. what it boils down to. Like, guys that can do a little bit of everything, even if they have more defined roles, like, like, Looney, for example, who played such a huge role for the Warriors as they're like, he was probably about the closest thing they had to a true center on the roster, even though he's still, I mean, he, in his college career, he was viewed as a wing, but is just sort of throughout his time with the Warriors turned into like a center basically. But I mean, he was just like, you know, he gets rebounds and stuff, but he also has the ability to turn around, put it on the floor and at least start the fast break, um, take two dribbles and pass it to somebody you know, or something like that. And like, yeah, to your point, Mitch can't do that. Right. Um, Mitch has to find the guard to pass it to, because otherwise if he tries to dribble two dribbles and one of the guards hangs back, that ball is basically, yeah, the or other he's guy. trying to take it up the whole court. <laughs> like he's yeah. not going to pass the ball. He's going to go try to dunk it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think versatility is the key, you know, it's having guys that can, and this is where some of the guys in the draft come in. Like, we haven't talked about him at all. That's the draft thing, Zach. But oh god, like I'll just say one guy. Like we haven't talked about him at all. But one guy that really intrigues me in this mold is like Tari Eason from LSU, who I actually forgot is another guy for the one other question that I think could move into the top ten potentially and disrupt things a bit because he's like big but not huge, 
but like definitely can rebound, definitely can handle the ball well. Like some people view him as a wing. I personally think he's more of a big, uh, like a four or five than a three four. But like, I mean, he's just a versatile player. Like the fact that you can even have those conversations says that he's probably a guy who's going to be pretty useful in the NBA because right now you just need guys that can switch, that can, you know, not make dumb decisions on offense, which is more just like a, a feel for the game sort of thing. But then also have a versatile skill set where they can at least a little bit, like keep the ball moving, you know, shoot the ball from time to time, or at least do like one, one or two offensive things really, really well. Uh, I, I think are the keys and the Knicks. I, I think to your point, Zach, I, I agree. I think they're doing a good job of getting guys together like that at the moment. That seems to be their priority right yeah. now is, is finding like toolsy guys that can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, Matt, do you have anything to add to that as far as another, no. like archetype or something? <laughs> I, to be honest, um, and I'm, I'm couching this in an explanation rather than just saying I agree because uh, Jax has me um, feeling attacked. Um, you guys will see why later in the After Dark segment, but uh, I didn't really watch the playoffs because baseball's on and I'd rather watch the Mets. Oh, my God. I agree. Uh, anyway, all right, moving oh to the next. God. <laughs> oh, it's so terrible that I like baseball and wanted to watch the team I like oh. win like, most games over. Boring. <laughs> I'm having a different opinion than you. Anyway, all right, well, moving, moving to our next question in the bub zone. Uh, if the Knicks were going to draft a center, would you want them to use the 11th pick or the 42nd pick to get that center prospect? Um I'm going to take this one first because I have a I have a good opinion about this. I think uh, I would definitely rather them use the 42nd pick or some combination of like use like 42 and one of the like bajillion second rounders next year to move up plus like some cash or something like move into the early 30s because there's a number of centers that really intrigue me in that range uh, like Ismael Kamigate. I really like uh, based off some discussions with like Prez and Rafael Barlow and stuff. I like them. I like him a lot. Uh, I also like Christian Coloco a lot. He really impressed me during the tournament with Arizona. Like, yeah, he was, he's, he's good. Yeah. Like I think he's got the goods. Like I think the difference between like him and Mark Williams is smaller than we think. And Mark Williams don't understand. So I watch, I watch, I end up watching a lot of Duke games for various reasons. I don't. I think Mark Williams straight up sucks. I, I don't want don't want him, and I don't think he should like be a lottery pick or even like a top twenty pick. I think he had a really good tournament, and that's colored a lot of people's opinions of him as like a riser. Um, like he definitely for sure had a good tournament, like all the way up to the final four and everything. Yeah, I just still I don't know. I mean, he, he yeah, I just still didn't think he was good. Like even in the tournament when he was like playing well i just didn't see it yeah i definitely i'll just say like i definitely would not take williams with like the 11th pick that's one of those guys that would really piss me off at that spot. no i mean i mentioned that earlier but yeah i um, if, if jalen duran gets there as i was about to ask you if, what if duran's the guy there i think you take him at 11 i don't, I don't like over waiting till 42 in that case I would take him, but it would still make me kind of queasy. Like, I think it's much easier to find in this particular draft a big in that early second round range than it would be to find another wing that could give you any sort of optimism like a Matherin or an A.J. Griffin or someone like that could. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Let's say, so here, here's 6 to 10 in this scenario. 
Um, And I'm not going to worry about the order. It's just these are the guys that went. Davis, Griffin, Matherin, Daniels, and um, uh, Sharp. So who do you take over Dern in that scenario? Okay, so then that means that there's still... Uh, so then it would be like what, like Sohan, Durin. Yeah. Oh, I said his name wrong earlier. Yeah, I always fucking do that because it looks like it should be fucking Sho- Sochin. Um, yeah, like Jang, Branham, yeah. Jalen yeah. Williams, guys. Like, like I wouldn't that. take. I wouldn't take Branham, Williams, Sohan. I wouldn't take any of those guys over Durin. I see your point, but like if if those other five guys are gone, I think you take Durin. Yeah, I, I I would probably start leaning that direction. I would maybe say in that case that I would start considering like Jang there. Um, if you just, get a good trade down pack, I just don't I don't want to take Jang or Williams or even Branham over Duran at eleven. If you can get a good trade down package, then I would be okay with it. Yeah, I, I I guess it's it's a fluid situation. Like I feel like someone's gonna leap into the top ten and make a wing fall down, and they usually they're with Durin, yeah. or Durin himself will just go in the top ten. But yeah, that would make it really hard to not do because Durin's pedigree is huge. I mean, he was he was viewed as almost a shoe in top five pick at the beginning of mm-hmm. the year, and then things just kind of fell off just because he's a big essentially. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like he's flashed really good skills, like. A great rebounder shows good shot blocking instincts. He's a little raw. He definitely struggles with I like fouls. Yeah, I like Durham. I, I would be pretty like, happy with that pick. Like, I see your point, but I, I would be happy with it. Yeah. Like like that Chet um Duran matchup, I thought that Chet really got the better of him early on. And then Duran later on just kind of was like, I'm big and strong. I can make this mm-hmm. work. And I would say outplayed Chet for parts of the second half in that game, even though neither of them saw the floor that much. So you know, he's definitely shown some like high level talent. So yeah, I think that'd be pretty tough for me to do. In which case, then you know, I guess I there are some wings and stuff. We could go with like at potentially forty two. You go Prez's favorite, Alondis Williams or something yeah. like that for like a guard. I think um, he would he would have a a heart attack. He would have like an aneurysm. Yeah, yeah. Like right there. He'd be like, oh my god, and he would never get to see him play. The cruel irony. Yeah, right. <laughs> Poor Prez. Um, but yeah, that I guess that would be fine. Um, it just. Would not it's be not my favorite player. outcome. It's not my favorite scenario, for yeah, sure. I'm hoping some other team takes Durin, to be honest. But uh, it, that's probably the answer right there. Zach, do you have any strong opinions to add to that? All right, that's it for this first part of the mailbag. Uh, we saw the three-hour ticker come up uh, at some point while recording this one, right towards the end. And so this definitely had to be a two-parter because there's no way in hell... I am going to, in good conscience, release a three-hour podcast upon you all. So uh, we'll be back. Uh, I wish I could tell you when. Maybe it'll be later today. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. We'll figure something out uh, because I don't want to infringe on the draft too much with this podcast. So we'll we'll figure something out. But until next time, uh, keep an eye out on your feeds for part two. We'll be back with a whole other, like, basically hour and a half of podcast for you guys. So. Uh, For now, though, peace out. See you guys very shortly with another episode.
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.